God. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads together. Lord Jesus, we have come here again today that we would be able to enter into your great presence and really, truly worship. Father, we know that worship is more than music. It's more than singing. It's more than a song leader. It's more than musicians and special singers that have practiced and put forth their effort to be able to bless us. We know, Lord, that's their part. But we as the people must also worship. We know in the way that the Old Testament was set up, they had singers and psalmists and musicians. And yet, sometimes they would sing alone or they would sing as a group, a chorale, a chorus. But then the people would enter in. So today, Lord, as we come to the closing of the Gentile dispensation, we don't want to be spectators as we watch others worship and others sing and others live for you. But we desire ourselves, Father, to be lives that are pleasing to you. As we approach you today through the word, we ask that you would help us. You're the only one that can take the word and open it to us and make it live. Would you do that today, Lord Jesus? We love you with all of our hearts and we appreciate you. Amen. I'm just happy to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Privilege to be gathered together in it, the presence of God. Let's turn, if you would, to St. John chapter 4. St. John 4, 23. I greet each of you that are here today in the name of the Lord Jesus. St. <clears throat> John 4, 23. We'll read uh, two verses there together. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers <clears throat> shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father, the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, or as the original says, God is spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. May the Lord bless his words. You may be seated. So here is the body of God, the image of God, the expression of God, telling us what God is. So God is not a man, God is not an angel. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. I'm glad today that we're a part of the church of the living God, aren't you? I guess the thing that we look at is how it was that we came into this inheritance that we have to be called the church. Many millions of people are gathered today around the world and they call themselves the church, the Church of God, Church of Christ, Christian Church, Nazarene, Pentecostal, Presbyterian, Baptist, Methodist, Unitarian, on and on and on and on it goes. And then there are those that are gathered under the auspices supposedly of the message of the hour 
and they're identified under different cults and clans, really is all they are, uh, different cliques and different versions of it. But yet we know that the only worshipers that are really accepted, according to the words of Jesus, are those that worship God in spirit and in truth. And then even in that, we would take people that say, well, to worship in spirit is all emotion. Well, it's not just emotion because God is a spirit. He didn't say God was emotion. And yet emotion comes with it, does it not? Crying, shouting, jumping, dancing. And people say, well, it's all truth. It's just you don't really need emotion. You just need truth. But that's not what Jesus said either. So the Father seeketh such to worship Him. So truly, if the Father in this dispensation where we were here 2,000 years ago was seeking for true worshipers to worship Him in spirit and in truth, there must have been a change on the earth by which the Father is going to let us know how that our worship will be accepted. Up to this time, under the giving of the Mosaic Law, under the Levitical rites and the Levitical priesthood, and the people would come up and worship, and they had a ritual, and they had routines by which they would do these certain things. Up to this particular time, for those that were sincere, those things were acceptable in God's eyes. But now that's fixing to change. So a person can come up ever so sincere, as genuine as they can be. They could have had their lamb inspected by the high priest. They could have went and followed the procedure of the law exactly to the letter, but that will no longer work. It will no longer be accepted. So if that is so, and we believe that it was so, then it is up to the Father to give us directions on how to worship. Is that right? Now, it would be unbecoming to his nature to want worship, to want people to worship him, to desire people to worship him, and then leave them in an era of darkness to where they didn't know what to do. And every man would do that which was right in his own eyes, and then God would accept what he could. No, that's not who our father is. But if he is now bringing about a dispensational change, it will be up to him to be able to bring enlightenment on what this dispensational change is. So here is the enlightener himself. And it is God in the form of a son. It is not Moses. It is not Jeremiah. But it is the answer to the book of Hebrews, God who in sundry times and in diverse manners spake unto the fathers in times past by the prophets, but has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. So here is God's spokesman for the dispensational change. And it is whom? None other than our Lord Jesus Christ. But it is in the form of an incarnated work of God, which pre-existed in another form, not previously made known. 
So it would be one that had come from the presence of God to be able to tell us, now this used to work and this used to be accepted and this used to be the way, but it's no longer the right way. So here is a new way. Well, God didn't send Moses again. He didn't send Elijah. He didn't send Jeremiah. But he sent his own humanity, which he's going to call his son. Now, what was God's son? Well, there again, that would be as vast as there is, you know, the difference of opinions about religion. Some would say that it was a second person of the Godhead which coexisted in eternity and there was a father and a son and a Holy Ghost and they had equal power and they had equal authority and equal say and so on and so on. Some folks in the message would uh, say, well, there was two lords and there was a capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. He was the almighty, the omnipotent, one, and then there was another which was capital L, little O, little R, little D, and he had no angels, he had no say, he has really nothing much, he's kind of a secretary to the main Lord, but he is a Lord, so he's, there's two Lords therefore. Uh, and others will say the truth. And they will say, out of Adonai came a progression of himself, a creation in the lower forms of his own being, an expression which become in the form of a human being. He would call his name Jesus. He would enter into a state by which God would declare to the world his very heart, his very being, and it would come to a state that people would look at it and so misunderstand it. And he must allow him to be crucified and then raised up and then be exalted and become the head of the new God race. Is that what you believe? That's what I believe. I don't know about you. Now, in this, so the Son of God was what? No doubt, if I'd ask, uh, start over here on this side and go down this side, come down this side, this side and over to this side, and I'd ask you, well, what is the Son of God? What do you think the Son of God was and is? Well, he, he was a body. Well, that's true. He was a man. That's true. What was he before that? Well, I'm not sure exactly. Well, he was a, he was a, a pre-existing something, but what was that something? Well, he was a theophany. Well, he was. But he was, what was he before that? Well, I, I don't know. Well, I'm not sure. Was he the word? Was he the thought? Was he the Logos, which was the mandate of God? What was he? And actually, he came, the Son of God expressed in a human body called Son of Man. Then what was he after that? Well, it goes in the church ages through the dispensation of Son of God again, which is Holy Ghost, since God is a spirit. And God and the Holy Ghost are the same thing where Jesus had two daddies. The Bible said the virgin was overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. And then he said he was, I thought God was his father. Well, God and the Holy Ghost is the same thing. So if God, which is a spirit, had a son and fathered a son, what would that son be? Well, come on, don't sit there and look at me, Lal. Like, you know what I'm talking about. It would have to be birthed in spiritual form. 
So the word spirit, of course, in the New Testament is pneuma, which I've told you before is the word that we get pneumatic or pneumatic tools from. So it is something that takes uh, an air rifle or an air tool and it bam, 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 bam. So it was a tool that could be used very, very slow, uh, very less power and all of that until you put power behind it and then it becomes a pneumatic tool. So God was in the beginning without form. As a matter of fact, he still is. He is invisible. He's not an old man, a young aged man, or a middle aged man. God is not a man at all. God is a spirit. But yet God wanted to form himself towards man, towards flesh. But he did not make a man first. He made himself in the form of his word. Now he loved fatherhood. And in order to become a father, he must become a son, which is peculiar to us, isn't it? But yet he loved fatherhood, and in order to express himself in the form of fatherhood, he must become a son. But yet a son of what? A son of humanity? A son of angels? A son of theophany? Or a son of spirit? Now what so in the beginning was the word, but before the beginning was the eternal. In the eternal, it was all in one, all the attributes of God, but he dwelt there by himself. There was no other beings, but just the eternal himself. So it was all formed together in what the prophet here calls it in Huiz Melchizedek, paragraph 55. Notice his attribute, then the attribute was first God, the thought, the attribute itself. All in one without being expressed. Then when he expressed secondarily, he became then the word. So here is the eternal in that attribute of himself and all those attributes actually and you were there. You don't remember it, but yet you were there. And it was without expression. Then secondarily, he wants to express himself. So how does he do that? He takes on an embodiment out of his own being and it is the word. Now that's where John picks up. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. God the same as in the beginning with God. So God then started forming himself toward flesh and the first formation of the eternal was the word. Notice he says in St. John the first chapter and the first verse in the beginning he said but before the eternal in the beginning was the word when time began it was word. So before time ever started, it was the eternal. How long was it? We don't have a clue. You wouldn't even measure time anyway because it was in the ceaseless ages in the realm of the eternal. No angels, no humans, no planets, no stars, nothing there except the eternal. But he wanted to start forming himself toward flesh and then he condescended in his act of first condescension was forming himself towards flesh in the form of the word. Now when it began with the word, it was the start of time. 
still no angels, no devils, no atoms, no molecules, no light meters, nothing, just the word. But before it was a word, it was attribute of thought. Then it's expressed in the beginning was the expression, the word. Now we're getting where Melchizedek is. Notice how he says this, not getting where Melchizedek was. If you notice the title of this sermon, it's who is this Melchizedek, not who was he. Well, if he was in 1965, I believe he still is today. Right. Now we're getting where Melchizedek is. That's this mysterious person. He said in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hold that there now. His first being was Spirit God. Supernatural, all right, the great eternal. Second, he began to form himself towards flesh in a theophany. It's called the word, a body. This then is the state he was in when he met Abraham and was called Melchizedek. He was in the form of theophany. Now we'll get to that and prove it in a few minutes, the Lord willing. He was the word. So here God starts forming himself now toward a human being, shape, an anatomy that looks like a human being. But first it is the word. Now notice this, but if Jesus would have come in the form of theophany as our redeemer, he could have not been a true and faithful high priest because in a theophany you know all things. Every saint of God that passes away and moves by death beyond this realm of mortality into their theophany, their spirit is done away with. So they have no memory of ever being a sinner. They have no memory of ever doing anything wrong. They have no conscience. They have no affection in the way of human affection. So they're birthed into that word form body that they bypass to come here. So in that you know all things. So if he would have been soul, theophany, and body, and he overcome in that way, and then turned around and said, now look, I overcome women, I overcome drinking, I overcome lying, I overcome adultery, now you all do the same thing. Well, how in the world could I do that with me being a soul, a spirit, and a body. Where does much of my problems come from? Just like yours. A lot of our problems is not just our flesh. It is our spirit. This is why it's so important, of course, that the prophet, whenever people would walk up before him, maybe one time in their life, and they get one trip to go up to be able to be prayed for, and the prophet would never tell them how many times they prayed in a day, how much, how much scripture they read, how many times they fasted. But maybe a woman would come up and say, I see you coming home from school, a little girl, you're in a yellow checkered dress. I see a dog gets after you, you're running, you run up on the porch, you fall through the door, it's put fear on you, you've been scared your whole life since. Well, what about how much I pray? What about how many times I pay my tithes? What about how many times I read my Bible? That was not her problem. Her problem was in her spirit. Or what about this, that a man says, says you're poor, you work on cars. You're poor, I see what it is. You've got a fear of carbon monoxide poisoning. Now for those of you who want us to follow you instead of Elijah, you've done greater than he did and then we'll talk. 
until that time, shut up and leave us alone. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Now, you need to work, but you're afraid to go back to work. And he said, this has brought a fear on you because of this carbon monoxide poisoning. Now, this man, again, he doesn't say, oh, I see you pay your tithes. You're a great father. You're a great husband. You're a great grandfather. You're this or that. Or that. The problem the man had lay inside his spirit. And the prophet is able to contact his spirit, which is the communication channel of the being. And whenever he does, it just opens it right up. And he prays for him. He said, oh, my goodness, why didn't he deal with this and that? and the other. Apparently this fear was the greatest urgency in this man's life, although he probably didn't think so. You imagine another one comes up and say, I see you have a phobia. It is a phobia of wintertime. When wintertime comes, you get afraid. And it causes a constipation. Now, can you imagine this person maybe eating more fiber, trying to take whatever chemicals they can take to be able to cause their digestive system to be able to operate? No doubt many doctors, psychologists, therapists, whoever more would never be able to go to that avenue because in their mind it would never connect. But here a prophet of God breaking into the realm of the fourth dimension where prophets see visions and able to connect the dots. It's a phobia which ties to this. Now you imagine a phobia of winter time. You don't like winter. You get depressed and then it, it makes this connection from there to there to there to there to there. Not, oh sister, I see you have such beautiful long hair. My, your dress is so decent. Boy, I see right now you don't ever wear short sleeve dresses. My, my, you're so holy. I see this and this and this. That was not what they was there for. They was there to get problems taken care of. So if the Lord Jesus would have come with a theophany, and then we would have been left here with a human spirit, which was the storage chamber of all of our issues that we deal with. There's no way that he could have said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. You're saying, what's that got to do with me? You had a theophany. You never even had a human spirit. But he subjected himself to having a spirit that was like ours, a body that was like ours, yet without sin. Amen. Now, what's this in Philippians chapter 2 verse 6 that Paul said, who being in the form of of God. Now for those of you that was with us last night, this is where we ended up on this. All during the light and the night last night, I just kept waking up all during the night. And every time I would wake up, this scripture just kept coming back to me and I, I just couldn't get over it. And yet it would just seem like it was still in a, you know, in a strange, mysterious form and I understood it somewhat. And I, I felt like that I, I knew where the Lord had come from, but as I began to ponder at it through the darkness of the night and as I lay there and prayed over it and then I would go off back to sleep and then I'd wake again and there it was and I'd do the same thing and I'd go back to sleep and wake up and go back to sleep and wake up. So he said, Brother Donnie, how'd you sleep? I slept like a baby. I'd sleep a while and wake up and cry a while and then sleep a while and wake up and cry a while. <clears throat> Many of y'all have been there. You understand that, don't you? 
But yet it felt like that I was missing something about the perception of what God had done. Notice this. Paul says, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So this was the God form or the God body that the Lord Jesus had to step out of in order to become incarnate. Now what was incarnate was not going to be the amorphe that he was in eternity. He could not be that and help us overcome. Don't you understand this whole program is to bring you and I back to his presence? Oh, you say, my goodness, I need to overcome this and that. What are you preaching on deity for? I can't figure out anything else any better to help you to overcome than understand if you've got deity on the inside of you. Now, Paul uses the word here as we looked at it last night for the word form. It is morphe. And it is the form by which a person or thing strikes the vision. An external appearance. So the form here is the form that he would have been in before he became a man. So he was not a man in heaven and then chose to become a man of the earth. He was not a second person of the Godhead that was co-equal and all that sort of thing. And then he goes over to his daddy and says, you know what, daddy, I've been thinking about it. I mean, there ain't nobody down there that can be able to do this. So if you want me to go, I mean, I I really don't want to, but if you want me to go, I I will go. And and his daddy said, well, I'll tell you one thing. I I really think you ought to go. I mean, I'm the one who gave the penalty and I'm the one who gave the law. And really, according to my own justice, it should be me go. But if you'll do it, I'll gladly let you do it. No, that's the way we we humans think. We're shirkers. That's right. But God is not a shirker. So if God gave the penalty of the law, then it must be God himself to go. But God is the spirit and cannot die. So it must be something that will come out of God, which pre-existed in a morphe of God. Now remember, he was, whatever he was before his incarnation, he was the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. So he was the manifestation of an invisible eternal, and that was before he ever became a human being. So what was he? What was he before he ever became a man? Hello? Oh, y'all are waiting on me to tell you. I was waiting on you all to tell me. What was he before he ever became a human? Now, whatever it was, there had to be a relinquishing or a laying down of certain things in that, or he could never be able to come and be our faithful high priest. Yet, there was an element of that that he would be able to retain, which was his deity. Remember, the Lord Jesus was not just a man, he was a God-man. So he was both God and man at the same time. And the church said. But he's got to take on the form of a servant. So he cannot be in the form of God and have on the form of a servant at the same time. So there must be a kenosis or a coming out of the form of God 
to go into the form of a servant. So what can do that? What about God can come out of the form of God and remain deity and go in humanity and become a servant and be both at the same time, a God-man? Well, it would have to be, of course, the Word which came out of God in the beginning. And this is the Logos, or the Son of God, which was that little white light. Now remember, he was the Word. So here the form that Paul is referring to, as he calls it there, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So whatever it was that he was, he was in his God form or his God body. But he must lay aside his God form and the amorphe of the eternal in order to take on amorphe of humanity. Now whether or not you understand it, you and I are the morphe of our parents. We are the morphe, so we are an external something that took on the image of the mixture of our mother and our father, their chromosomes and, and their DNA, and then we are formed in our mother's womb and we come forth and we become the image. So we are the mixture of them. Well, your hand may look like the shape of your father's and your, your ears may look like your mother and then maybe your nose took on your mother's side and the, the teeth, the way the teeth are made and the jawbone, the structure of the jawbone. And, and you know, people look at you and say, well, you're a Reagan, you're a this, you're a that. I, I can see both. I can see both. Well, because that something inside of you is formed by the DNA and the chromosomes mixing together and you become the visible image of that mixture. Yet your mother and father may want more children so they come together again and there will come another and guess what? Every one of their children will not look identical. Yep, they will look similar, and we know how that works. But each one of them, by the way God uh, ordained for it to be, there would not be a replication of exactly the same one. So everybody would look like me, since I'm the firstborn of the Reagan family. So I'm glad, I'm sure they're all glad of that. But anyway, all my sisters and my, my two brothers do not look like me, even though they came from the same father and same mother. But if God would be able to bring forth children without a mother if God would be able to bring a seed and in order to bring a life upon that seed and give birth to a race of people would not they all bear the same image of the word so here God is now projecting through the lips of Paul. Oh, I love this because Paul's the only one in the New Testament that actually goes this way. He, his form was divine. He was the Almighty God, so it was deity. So he was in the form of God, being equal with God because he was God. Now, not a second person of a Godhead divided up into three powers, but he was the substantial form and the essential image of the invisible God. So if God was right here today, he could be moving right among us. Unless he took a physical form, we would never even know he was here. 
Same with angels. There's angels in this building this morning. There are demons in this building this morning. There's all kinds of supernatural things around us every day. But unless God either quickens our sight and lets us see them or allows them to take on a temporal body by which they're able to strike damage, we never even know we're there. Every day of our life, we're constantly being surrounded by supernatural beings. So in this form, he must make the choice. So what was it that made the choice? Now, follow me if you will. It was not the humanity called Jesus because Jesus had a day started. I know know this is going to be tough on some of you again, but here we go. Jesus had a day he started and had a day he died. So it had to be something that pre-existed the humanity of Jesus. You understand that Jesus was the humanity of God. Notice this again in Melchizedek, paragraph 64. Now in this stage of his creation, later formed into flesh, Jesus. In this stage of his creation, later formed into flesh, Jesus. So whatever it was, it existed pre-incarnation of Jesus himself, which was the word. From what? From the great beginning spirit, then come down to be the word, bringing itself out. The word doesn't yet make itself. It just spoke out in Morphe. Later he becomes flesh. Later he becomes flesh. Later he becomes flesh. It was he that was in the form of God. It was he in the realm of eternity in his God form that made the decision to leave eternity and come down in time and become the embodiment called Jesus. Well, praise the Lord. Notice the word doesn't yet make itself out. It's just spoken more. Later he becomes flesh, Jesus, mortal, to taste death for all us sinners. Paragraph 67. Now we see the attribute. Oh my goodness, I love this quote right here. Now we see the attribute sons of his spirit. Do you understand the Lord Jesus never came to the earth so that he could pick out a natural woman on the earth and start fathering children naturally and be like the first Adam was and have sexual born children. Although as a man, he could have had a wife. It would not have hindered his work of redemption at all. Now I know some of you, you're nearly choked to death every time we go this way. But the Lord Jesus could have had a wife Physically, he could have fathered children. But they wouldn't have been sons of God, necessarily. They would have been sons of Jesus and whoever that was his wife. Well, praise the Lord. They still would have had to got the Holy Ghost. He could have had a wife. He could have been a husband. Jesus could have been a natural father. But he said, Father, I sanctify myself. And there ain't a doubt in my mind he done it for some of the folks that come right here to this church. Because it stumbles you every time I say it. So it shows if you would have known your Savior had married a woman and he would have fathered children, for some of you, you'd never got over that. Well, you need to. You need to get over it and grow up. It's time you put on big boy britches. If you're a male. 
And if you're a girl, well, put on big girl dresses. Now he sanctified himself because that had nothing to do with his work of redemption. So in his God form, he condescends and he makes this decision. Notice, now we see the attribute sons of his spirit. So our bodies are not in the image of God. They are in the image of beast, right? So we are attribute sons of his spirit. So if Jesus in the Old Testament in the eternity broke out of the eternal to become the son of God by the word expressed, then what do you reckon you are? We see the attribute sons of his spirit. So we as the children of God are actually children of the eternal. We are children of a spirit being. Praise God. Have not yet entered into the word form body, but a theophany. This body is subject to the word and earnest, waiting for the earnest change of the body. Now the difference between him and you. Y'all ready for this? I hope you don't think it's going to take me 47 Sundays to be able to read the difference between you and him. It's not really that much. He was at the beginning, the Word. An amorphous body, he came in and lived in that, in the person of Melchizedek. Then later, we never heard no more of Melchizedek because he became Jesus Christ. Melchizedek was the priest, but he became Jesus Christ. Now you... Okay, here's the gigantic, oh, enormous, oh, 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 no, not oh, oh, oh. The difference between you and him is simply this. You bypass that. What? You bypass that because in that form he knowed all things. And you have never been able to know that yet. You come like Adam, like me. You became, now listen to here you are. Here is your journey. You, oh my, became from the attribute to the flesh. To be tempted. But when this life is finished, if this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we already have one waiting. That's where we go to. That is the word. Then we can look back and see what we've done. Now we don't understand it. We have never become the word. We've just become the flesh man, not the word. Oh my goodness, I thought he was going to go into all these sermons and and all this big series to explain the difference between you and Jesus. He did. He come the regular line, you took the bypass. Some bypasses are good. If you're dying of a heart attack and you got a blood clot and they go in and do a bypass, save your life. 
you got a big street or a big, you know, big neighborhood you're going around. There's a bypass around through. They got 47 stoplights this way, and you got a four lane highway going this way. Speed limit 65 miles an hour. Bypass is good. This type of bypass is questionable. You know, it's really questionable. Um, we, we bypass our theophany, so we come to the earth in order to reach an expression. And you mean, Brother Donnie, that's the difference between us and him? Yes. Attribute sons and daughters of God. Origination, logos, thoughts, part of God's being just as eternal as he is eternal. But the main difference is the bypass. So the next time you're going through things and you drag out your 44 mag and you're going to end it all, just encourage yourself. This is only a bypass. This is only a bypass. This too will pass. It's, it's very simple. It will go. This was not here to stay. Notice this. Now, we have never yet become the Word. We've just become the flesh man, not the Word. But look, clearly it makes it clear you will never be the Word unless you was a thought at the beginning. That proves the predestination of God. You can't be the Word unless you're a thought and you had to be in the thinking first. But you see, in order to stand temptation, you had to... So he comes from the eternal as the attribute his name was wrote on the book of life. Jesus I'm talking about. No doubt first name, top of the page, upper left hand corner. His name was wrote on the book of life. Then he keeps unfolding itself till he's expressed in a theophany. Appears as Melchizedek, appear, disappear, pillar of cloud, pillar of fire, supernatural body. Later, that attribute in the theophany becomes Jesus the man. Praise God. You come from the same source, from the eternal before the foundation of the world. You come out when the Logos went out. He went this way and you went this way. But guess what? You're both winding up back home. But God by his grace chose some to go on the bypass of mortality and skip a theophany word form body. Lord children, this is a plain to me. It's like to be a child could see. Notice this in paragraph 7 he said, and then you see he come right down the regular line. From attribute before the foundation of the world, his name, his name is put on the Lamb's book of life. Well, of course, it's the Lamb's book. So why not start it with his name right at the very top? Then from that, he became the Word, the theophany that could appear and disappear. Then he became flesh. And returned back again, resurrected that same body in the glorified condition. But you, and he don't go way out yonder, 
way are you low down sorry rotten scoundrel you no good for nothing you done this and you was this and that and the other no you bypass the theophany and become flesh man you all ain't getting it or you done tore these pews apart y'all wouldn't be dancing on the back of them they'd just be splinters <laughs> Lord children if we believe this what in the world can discourage us what in this world can convince us we're not gonna make it not make it what in time can ever stop this program of God So I guess I'm curious then. What is this he keeps referring to as you? You bypassed. You became this. You was this. You. Would the real you please stand up? Will the real you Please identify itself by accepting the word of God of the hour. Oh my. So, the paragraph above it, he said, in order to bypass the temptation, you had to bypass the theophany. This in your paragraph 70. But you bypass the theophany and become flesh man to be tempted by sin then if this earth the tabernacle be dissolved we have one already waiting we've not yet the bodies but look when this body receives the spirit of God the immortal life inside of you it throws it don't ask it don't say is it okay it throws this body in subjection to God oh hallelujah (laughs) it throws why it is the same power that made the universe look when this body receives the spirit of God the immortal life inside of you it throws Can you imagine a person reaching down and picking up a baseball or a softball or a football or a soccer ball or something, a projectile that is able to pick up in that baseball saying, don't do this to me, don't do this to me, please, please. You're going to throw me straight into the line of that guy. Have you ever been hit by that? You cannot imagine how terrible this is. Please don't do me this way. And here goes that baseball, 95 miles an hour. And that man standing over that bat and he's ready. Why? That baseball can't say no. That baseball can't say ouch. It's thrown by a superior power. Oh, I'd love to be a Christian if I could quit smoking. You need to be thrown. Oh, if I could quit drinking. If I I could uh, quit, you know, looking at porn. If I could quit doing all this stuff, you need to be thrown by a greater power than you. But you keep talking yourself out of it. Well, I can't, I can't, I can't. There's a vast world of difference between can't and want. Amen. 
Some people say, I can't, I can't, I can't. You're lying. You won't. Preach, Brother Don. Now the true revelation of Melchizedek comes into view. What? He was God the Word before He became flesh. God the Word. Because He had to be. No one else could be immortal like Him. See, I had father and mother. You did too. Jesus had father and mother. Now some of y'all, if you feel your neighbor, they're sliding down in your seat and they're going into resuscitation. We, we got a heart defibrillator, so it'll shock them back if you need it. Brother Johnny, don't say that, please. I've got to. It's the truth. Jesus had a day he started. Jesus had a day he died. Donnie had a day he started. And if I go by the way of the grave, I'll have a day I die. But the real me can never die. You can say amen to that about yourself. Why can't you do the son of God? Oh my. Jesus had father and mother. This man had no father, had no mother. Jesus had a time he started. Jesus did. But not what made the choice. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. That was not Jesus the man, the boy, the tent, the tabernacle. Come on now you Jesus onlys. Oh Lord, even some of you Trinitarians can't say amen now. Sure the bride can say amen. I mean, well, even the Trinitarian time is Jesus only. Now. Jesus gave his life. This man couldn't. Because he was life. And here's the clincher. It's the self-same man all the time. I hope God reveals it to you. The self-same person all the time. Brother Donnie, I can't stand it when you bring Jesus down that low. I'm not bringing him low. He did it himself. I'm only telling you what he did for you. Now let's move to verse 7, Philippians 2. But made himself of no reputation, which is the Greek word kino, make void to empty. Make empty. Deprive of force. Now remember, he was in the form of God beyond the veil of mortality. And in that veil, not him with an old man conversing and talking it all over, but him with himself. He says, this is my program, this is my bride, this is my universe, this is my law, and I must pay the penalty myself. 
but I cannot die. So I will condescend into a form by which I can take the penalty in my own mortality. I will become high priest. I will become the peace offering. I will become the libation drink. I will become the drink offering. I will become all of it in one package. Praise God. Not only will I be the sacrifice, but I will also be the high priest and offer myself. Praise be to God. So he is the office of high priest and he offers himself as a sacrifice unto the eternal spirit. So here he is in his word form body, theophany. And he says, I must go down. So it's like the story in the medieval times when a great king was so loved by his subjects and the people of his court. One day the king comes into his throne room and he tells the people of his court, you will see me today for your last time in these robes for some time. They said, oh, king, where are you going? You're not leaving. Oh, I'll be here. But not like this. Why, where are you going? We love you. Your kingdom is so wonderful. And you're this and this and this. Oh, I want to get among my people. I want to chop wood with the wood chopper. I want you to be able to live by the peasant so I can understand how the peasant lives. I can't understand how the peasant lives in this robe and crown and diadem. They're never even allowed to come into my court. You would not allow them to come into me. So I... will go to them. I will put on peasant clothes. I will chop wood. I will milk the cows. I will plow the fields. And when I come back, I'll understand them even better than I understand them now. Can you imagine that moment as he tells his people in the court, someone go out and buy me a peasant garment. Don't buy me a new one. But I want you to buy some man a new garment and give me his used one. Give me his that's got holes and and tattered and worn. And the king goes in behind the Wasaic door. And as he comes out, his garments have changed. His robes are gone. His diadem. He takes a dirt, we'll say, and rubs on his face and on his neck. And he comes out and he has on the stench of these clothes. Because this man they bought him from was a pig farmer. So he lays aside his ring. He lays aside his crown. But I ask you, is he still the king? Yes. But it really takes something to see him. (laughs) Glory! It would really take something for you to be able 
to look at that man that smelled, that man that had on such garments and say, that is the king. And everybody else would look at you and say, you are crazy. So you imagine that thief hanging on the cross when he looks over at him. He sees his lips nearly swollen together, his head swollen the size of a bucket. Crowned of victor's thorns on his head, thorns that range from six to nine inches long. His heart all mad beating and you could see everything pulsating in his body. And that thief looks over and said, Lord, remember me. He didn't have on a pig farmer's garments. He was naked. But he saw the king. So the king in his God form I want to do it. Imagine the angels Papa how, how, how will it be? Will they receive you? Papa Will they understand you? One hundredth of one percent? Will they adore you the way we do? No, they'll actually spit on me, ridicule me, kick me, stomp me. They'll call me names, they'll persecute me from the day that I'm born until the day I die. Papa. Why would you want to do this? Because in me, I have a bride. I am that rock, that, that piece of marble, as it were. There's an image in me that needs to be released. And it can only be released by the beating of the hammer and the chipping and the suffering. I choose to go to the earth. So the attribute, the Son of God, steps out of the word form body, theophany. Condescends, comes down, comes down comes down and takes on his new form. And his mother was so poor and there's no room in the inn that he had to be born in a cow stall. The swaddling cloth which was the rags, the linen that they wrapped around the yoke of the ox to make the yoke a little easier to bear. So they reach up hanging there on the barn and they grab a hold of this cloth and Mary, it has dirt, ox hair, ox sweat. 
It's the only thing she's got. So she like takes and you imagine the angels of God as they watch. And maybe they looked and they saw his robe. Still there, Ray it. His crown is still, still there, Ray. He laid it. He made himself of no reputation. And took on him the form of a servant. So he goes from the form of God to the form of a doulos. Bondman. Slave. Metaphorically, one who gives himself up to another's will. Devoted to another to disregard of one's own interests. May God teach us today humility. So he leaves the divine form and emptied himself or kenosis himself into the form of a servant. Notice this in a few more minutes and we'll close. Psalms 113.5 Who is like unto the Lord our God? Who dwelleth on high? Who humbleth himself to behold the things that are in heaven and in the earth? So he possessed this glory which was truly divine. He was God. Not a second person. He was God in theophanic form. But he steps out of his theophany. And hangs as it were his robe and his diadem and his crown and his shoes and so on and so on. And then the next garment that he feels against him is the stinking rough linen. This is not the fine flax, the Egyptian flax, which was so expensive it was worth more than gold. That's not what they put on him. But they took it from animals. And it stank. And then he asked you to sacrifice a little bit in life. Give up him cigarettes, which is going to kill you anyhow. Oh, I just, oh, I just can't. Oh, it's just, it's just so hard. It's so hard. So hard. He wants you to give up alcohol, which is going to kill you in the first place. And you act like it's one of the hardest things. No, let me show you. Sacrifice from this to swaddling cloths. I'll tell you, friends, I have very little time for people's flimsy, low down, rotten, sorry excuses for not wanting to serve God. Just be honest. You don't want to serve Him, you want to go to hell. 
So he empties himself. And it's not like now that he just changes his garments and he comes from that and here's all of his great powers and all of his great things and he just simply takes on another mask. But he acts it divested. Divested. So he comes from the all-knowing, omnipotent, almighty God. Born and laid in a manger. And when he got here, he couldn't even talk. (laughs) Can you imagine Mary having to teach Jesus Aramaic? Now what's that in our language where you can understand it? Say mama. Ma. That's good, Jesus. That's, that's good, Jesus. He didn't say it. He just, he's starting it. But you imagine when little Jesus said it in Aramaic, Mama, hungry, thirsty, whatever it was, he divested himself from creating the universe to speaking worlds into existence. Maybe his first word was... Listen. His humiliation, friends, was not just changing houses. It was not changing residences. It was as if though he was starting all over again. Insomuch that when he was here, he would say, the son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees, the father doing. And yet, he chose to leave his God form, his God body, and lay aside not only the garments as it were, but lay aside much of who and what he was. And enter into the world as a mortal that would have to learn mama say mama mom mama oh Jesus Jesus it's so good you learn something the one who said let there be And maybe she'll teach him. We'll say in English, one plus one is two. And maybe she'll go, one plus one plus one is one. They say, you're Trinitarian, Mary. (laughs) And Jesus learning math. When he was the one the maker of calculus. 
but he divested himself of such understanding that he would allow a woman to teach him one plus one. Maybe she'd hold up her finger and say, God is one. He'd say, now Mary, God ain't one like your finger. Eight days old, they carry him to the temple. They take a knife and cut the foreskin off of him. And Jesus, as a baby boy, cries and bleeds. So did any of the blood that come out of his body falling on the hands of the priests, were they immediately cleansed? It's not the chemistry of the blood per se. It's your face in what it can do for you. So he lays aside self-interest, self-imagery, to become what? Servant. Servant. Jehovah's servant in service for death. How many wants to be a better servant today? But Brother Donnie, I'm a son. You saying he wasn't? You see, part of being sons and daughters of God is learning to serve our Lord's program. Notice it's Luke 2.21, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus. Notice, when they circumcise him, they don't call him Lord Jesus Christ. God is allowing his humanity to be circumcised. The first step of the shedding of the blood to take the law into his own body. What are you going to call him, Joseph? What are you going to call him? Jesus. Yahshua. Jesus. Why ain't none of your family's named Jesus? He, he ain't actually my family. I mean, uh, well, uh, Jesus. You're not going to call him Jesus ben Joseph? Now ben meant son of. So you're not calling him Jesus ben Joseph? You're going to call him this strange name, Jesus. Aren't you going to call him ben Joseph? No. Well, you mean he's not your son? It's a really long story. There's a lot of people lined up behind us here with... which was so named to the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem. To present him to the Lord. Don't you understand that great Shekinah, that great invisible, that great eternal light was still in As long as, just as his theophany was. Oh my goodness. Let's stop. We'll pick it up again maybe Wednesday night. Good way to close out the last sermon of the old year. We'll begin the first one Wednesday night with the same thing maybe. Praise God.
Can I just read you one more scripture? John 5, 17, but Jesus answered them, my father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he had not only broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then answered Jesus and said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do. Now, do we believe this or not? Friends, this is part of the kenosis. He divested himself of the ability to create. And he said, in this form, I cannot do that. I must be a servant. I must show my brothers when they get the Holy Ghost what they've got to do. They can't just go around using my power as they want to. They can't just go in the hospital and empty them out and and do this and that and the other. They got to be led by me like I'm led by my Father. The Son can do nothing of Himself but what He sees, which was by vision. The Father do. For whatsoever things he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son. Now can we message people embrace these scriptures that talk about the Father and Son with understanding and say amen instead of trying to hide them? If you cannot say amen to these scriptures, this shows you need an improvement in your revelation. For the Father loveth the Son and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater. Oh, I see. So Jesus is going to have greater experiences with God. Don't you see why he did that? He did that for your sake. understanding more having greater experiences why so we can understand you maybe I'm strange and weird to me this don't take away from him at all it makes him even greater than I thought he was to begin with spell <laughs> heads if you would Father, I know that this is delicate, even treacherous, I guess I could say, territory. And Lord, I desire only, only to bring what you yourself stepped down from. Carolyn, I was talking about last night after service, and she said, I understand why. He went lower than any other person could ever go. I said, that's right. Because no mortal was ever as high as he was. So no mortal could ever come down as far as he came down. And then no mortal could ever go as low as he went. Because he bore not only, praise God, the law, the penalty of the law. But the sins of the whole world. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So that morning, the great king, hallelujah, stepped out of his theophany as it was. Glory to God. No more words of creation for a bit. No more worlds being unfolded for a bit. No more God talk for a bit. Then Mary gives birth. Maybe she grabs him and spanks him or maybe Joseph does. The last words that he spoke were those of the eternal Elohim. And the next utterance he makes is the cry of a baby. Praise God. Maybe you went for months. Maybe you was 18 months old, two years, two and a half, we don't know. And no doubt the progression of a normal child. You went in silence as far as language was concerned. No words uttered from your mouth. The great Adonai. Hallelujah. And yet as a baby, you mumbled and gurgled and spit. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Oh, blessed Jesus, because you did that. Then you were highly exalted and given a name that's above every other name. Then, Lord, we desire as your people to lift you on high. This week your name has been cursed. It's been laughed at. You've been ridiculed by the world. But, Father, we want our lives to lift you up. Not just when we're in church, neither. But every day that we live, we want our lives to be a testimony to the living, resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. Help us, Father. As so we're on this bypass journey, may we be faithful. We have our ups and downs, our sicknesses, our trials, our difficulties. We thought the bypass was supposed to be an easier way. Come to find out the bypass was the worst way of all in the sense of hardships. It's the way most traveled by humanity. It is the way by which millions of souls will be lost, but not us. Praise God, because we're going back to where we came from. Lord, help us today. Maybe some of them are struggling with besetting sins. Maybe they don't have the Holy Ghost. Maybe they're struggling with sickness in their body, whatever it is, Lord. Jesus, would you meet our needs today? You was the great king come down among us to become the woodchopper. As it were, you went to the baker's house and lived the life of a baker for a week or two. And you went over to the stable to the man who would shoe horses. Then you went from there to the farmer's house. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord God, help us today, I pray. How many has a need today in your life? If you just keep your head bowed, please. We want to offer prayer for you, physical, spiritual, financial, whatever it is.
You just hold that request in your heart. Remember, he'd become a man so he'd be able to understand. Or say, nobody understands what I do. That's not true. That is not the truth. The devil is lying to you. The Lord Jesus more than understands. And he's more than willing to help you if you let him. Hold your needs, your request right there. I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, as a son of God, called by you. We know the custom was, Lord, as a Roman conqueror would come through a general or whoever more. And they would have their big parades in Rome. Would come through with his chariot of horses. Following behind him would be the kings or the potentates, the conquests of the city. They'd bring gold, silver, treasures. That general would take his hand and dip down in the treasure box and throw out gifts among the people. And the people were reaping from the conquests of that general. Our general, the Lord Jesus, come down and fought death, hell, and the grave. Pulled Satan behind him, as it were, in the chariot, chained, and said, I have all power in heaven and in earth. He reached down in his very bosom or of his soul and pulled out gifts of himself. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Glory to God. And he throwed those gifts among the citizens of the kingdom and said, go preach. Tell her who she is. Go preach. Lay your hands on her. Let me borrow your hands and I'll heal through them. Let me borrow your lips and I'll speak through them. Hallelujah. So you led captivity captive and you threw out gifts among men that the bride would be able to be benefited by the gifts and the callings of God from your very heart. Lord Jesus, I pray they've been helped today, encouraged along this bypass. Strengthen them. Now I speak to your enemy. Satan, let me let you know right now, you are a defeated foe. Our Lord Jesus broke your back. You have no power over us. Praise God. You tried to bind some of these people with sickness, disease, affliction, besetting sins, things they inherited from their parents. But I call your bluff today. And I say to your face, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are a liar. And you are a bluff. And you may have a bow, but we've done seeing you. You ain't got no heirs. So you rattle all you want to with your bow. You can huff and puff and say you're going to blow our house down all you want to. You ain't blowing this house down. In the name of Jesus, take your hands off of God's property. As the believers who've been given part of the inheritance of the firstborn son, we claim our healing. 
We claim our joy. We claim our baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let us go a little farther and tell you we claim our children. Those that you've tried to bind up with drug addiction and pill addiction and alcohol and whatever more. We say to you in this day, you are defeated, Satan. We will claim them as long as there's mortal breath left in our body. Take your hands off of our property. In the name of Jesus Christ. Praise be to God. Children of God, be delivered. In the name of Jesus. House of hell, give way to the name of the Lord Jesus. House of hell, give way to the name of Jesus. You have no claim on us. We are God's bride. We are his resurrected wife. We are more than conquerors. Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Father. Hallelujah. Lord, children, don't you understand what that is that we sense there? That's that down payment of the resurrection, the body change. That same power that's going to change your bodies right here this morning in the building. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Just say it. Whatever you need, confess it. I'm healed by stripes. I'm delivered. You don't have to tell your wife. You don't have to tell your son or your husband. Just confess it to God. God, I'm healed. This fear is going to leave me. This bondage of the devil is going to leave me in the name of Jesus. I believe God's word. You have no claim on me, Satan. I'm serving the mighty conqueror. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, God. We bless your holy name, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory be to God. Now, I want you to do something for me. As one believer to another, I want you to lay your hands on that person standing by you. I want you to offer a word of prayer, would you? Jesus tells us, if any two on earth agree as touching anything, it shall be done. I don't want you praying for yourself. I want you praying for them. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, believer to believer, eagle to eagle, we lay our hands one upon the other, Lord. Maybe some of them, Father, have been shaken by the times we're in. Maybe they've been shaken by the fallen of mighty men. Maybe they've been shaken by other things that are going on around us. But Lord, may you be their stability, Father. May you be their support and their strength in troublesome times, oh God. We know your prophet told us that everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But we have received a kingdom which cannot be shaken by hell. It cannot be shaken by the church. It cannot be shaken by men. Lord, I pray for your people today. Not only those in this visible audience, but Father, those that are streaming this service in Europe, those that are archived.
gathered in New Zealand and Australia and around the world. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, may the Spirit of God go to Canada. May the Spirit of God go up into Virginia. Oh, Lord, wherever they are right now, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, may the presence of God minister to your saints today, Lord. We believe you, Father. We claim our inheritance as the people of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord, now and forevermore. Oh, praise be to God. Amen. Now can we just raise our hands in the presence of the King and give praise to Him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, let him bless you this morning, friends. Let him heal you. Let him strengthen you. Let him encourage you. Hallelujah. We worship you today, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can you imagine that longing? of that attribute of the Son of God. When he said, Father, glorify thou me with the glory that I had with thee before the world was. And after six days, he taketh with him to the mountain, Peter, James, and John. And his garments were transfigured before them. The Father, just for a moment, reunited the glory that he had. That he laid aside on Mount Transfiguration. And they saw his garments glistening white. As the snow. What did he look like? A prefigure of his resurrected body. <laughs> what was Mount Transfiguration? A prefigure of the resurrected body. What's healing? What's his presence that comes down among us? The anointing of the Holy Ghost? It's a prefigure of our body change. It's a little touch of the Father's glory. To give you a charge, to give you a healing, to bring strength and courage. I don't know about you, I need it. I need it, my friends. I need it. Oh my, if he wants to give me a little mount transfiguration every now and then, I'm definitely going to take it. Praise God. We worship you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. But Joe, come tell us. If anybody asks us, where are we going? Let's tell them where we're going. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, to say it's been good. Been good to be in the house of the Lord. In the presence of the Lord. Praise God. If you want to know. Come on, let's worship him now. Where I'm going. Where I'm going. Oh, 
thank you, Jesus. Where I'm going. Where you say that bunch of happy valleys going?
God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray together and you can go home if you want to. If you want to, you can stay. Lord Jesus, thank you so much. We love you so much, Father, with all of our hearts. Help us, Lord, to see it. Help us to see why you stooped so low. It was for us. Praise God. We're so thankful, though, Lord. You'll never go that low again. Now we're on our ascension. We're climbing back higher and higher and higher. Praise God before we'll be before your throne. It won't be long. We'll be changed. Keep us, Lord. Don't let a one of us be missing it that day, Father. May we be gathered there around the throne of God. And once again, we'll look around as young men and young women. And we'll say, praise God. There's Brother Joel. There's Brother Jim as we knew him in life. We'll call him by our, by our name so we can relate to it, Lord. There's sister so-and-so. There's brother so-and-so. Praise God. Forever young. Never a heartache. Never a trouble. Eternal life in human bodies. And there will be the head of the God race sitting on the throne. And there will be the God race around him, his wife. Lord Jesus, we love you. We long for that hour in our hearts. We wish it could be this very day. Keep us until that hour arrives, Lord, we pray. Grand Father, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, saints. Don't you appreciate him, saints? Appreciate his word. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Now remember, you've not yet become the word, but the prophet said, as you feed on the word, you come into the word image. So keep feeding, and before long, you'll eat yourself into a body change. <laughs> you'll keep feeding into the spot till you and the word become so one that this body can't take it no more. Mount Transfiguration becomes a reality. God bless you. I love you. Go in the fear of God. You are not a God created by human hands. You are not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything we
You're the 